nervous too. I'm probably lost for words. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined again by Jason. Jason, hello. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm marvellous. I feel like I don't need to introduce you anymore. I feel like at this point now, it's kind of, they know you're going to be here. You stick around, don't you? So, uh, <laughs> can't shake you off. But there Never we go. go home. Sort of a return of the European Tour this week. I kind of don't really want to call it that. I don't think it really starts until the British Masters, but they are in Austria this week. Some of them that could get there with all the flights cancelled. And uh, the field's finally taken shape now. Yeah, not quite as good a field as uh, they probably hoped. It is a co-sanctioned tour with the Challenge Tour, and it's very much a Challenge Tour event with the more fancy players being ex-Challenge Tour players. So, yeah, that's what it is. Let's face it, Trunt 2 look on a different planet to the others, except for maybe one or two that in the future will be better players than, than they currently are, even though they still are good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Yusuf Lawson's been a, a very good player on the European Tour for a long time now. Always been, since, since he's come out really, he's been a top European Tour player, sort of hovering around the quality of the best in the world, but not quite getting there. Thomas Dietrich, you'd think he's going to go beyond that eventually. Just depends how long it takes him to get there. Much like Thomas Peters and, and Cole Sartz, obviously, his compatriots who also plays this week, Colsarts. But Lauten, Dietrich, Adrianos, Renato Parator and Nicholas Colsarts are the top in the betting. Connor Simey, who is runner-up here to Ashen Wu, is 25-1. to 1. He has actually gone on some massive road trip, I think, to get here because all the flights are being cancelled to Austria, as we said. So it's going to be a bit of a weird event, I think, when you've got sort of Jimenez there at 40-1 to 1, when he's basically playing on the old man's tour now. I just wasn't very interested in it. I know we talked about it sort of before the show and, and you know, you've got a couple of angles to come in from. And, and the one thing I do agree on is, is your main pick, just because I think that in this class of field, he shouldn't be that price considering he is amongst the best in the, in the field. No, you're talking about it, Tom. That would be uh, Sammy Valamaki. Sammy, the mighty Sammy. Yeah, put up by a well-known tipster when he won back in the desert in Amman. Didn't come from nowhere to be fair to him. I mean, been a very, very decorated amateur, qualified for the Pro Golf Tour as an amateur. I think it was his first or second event he won in Morocco. Um, it was a Challenge Tour standard field back then. Uh, you had Adrian Moronk, you had uh, Robert Seagrist. So it's that type of that type of mid-range Challenge Tour effort. He then went back-to-back in the August of that year, winning in Germany and the Czech Republic. So location-wise, absolutely fine here. I think he finished second in the Order of Merit to gain his uh, Pro card. During that year, again, he's got uh, tied second in Germany and tied fourth again in the Czech Republic. So Austria, you know, it's all, it's all going to be home from home. And then, of course, on his third proper tournament, if you like, after the South Africa Open and the Victoria Open, where he finished seventh, he uh, took Brandon Stone all the way to four extra holes, stuck with him the whole way, showed guts, talent, driving ability, second shot in the wind ability, putting ability and gonads. And he's definitely going places. He's actually, I think he's going to be 22 next week, so this would be a great birthday present. Yeah, I mean, the week after in Qatar, there was a couple of us that really fancied to be on again for him to go back to back. There must have been a hangover there, to be honest. But that third round 65 still gave us some hope that we could get placed on the weekend. He didn't quite do it, but everything about him, been taken on by ISM management, and everything about him suggests he's going to be a player that we talk about for a considerable while. And potentially better than compatriot Mikko Willinen at the end of his career. So I'm quite happy to keep with him. He's played Austria 
Blast played on very, very minor tours, but he, he's 14th back on the pro golf tour, like I say. Doesn't mind the area, huge ability, and he's got gonads. So, you know, for me, on an event where you can only really fancy half a dozen if you're pushing it, with Luton and Dietrich taking out the majority of the market, I'd have had him closer to 25, 28 to 1, I think. And any 45, 40 has to be taken. Yeah, and I think also just looking at, you know, the the role of honour here at, at this event, you know, Mikko Korhan had won it the last time it was played in 2018 when it was a shot clock masters. He was also runner-up the year before. And then you've got Mikael Lundberg, Swedish, Bernd Wiesberger, Bernd Wiesberger again, Thomas Bjorn, you know, all the, the Nordic countries, mm-hmm. you know, that's the sort of theme. Austrian players, obviously winning Austrian, Marcus Breer, Soren Hansen going back. It's that sort of area, isn't it? There's who, who's feel comfortable in this area. And and you can really make a case for him. And I just think that even if he had no real suitability to the course, you could almost say, well, he's, he's that class of a player. And, and that's the sort of event it is this week, is that I don't think, unlike the PGA, where we've got plenty of stats to go by, the European tour is still not quite caught up. I know they've added strokes games onto the... Uh, onto the website but it's still nowhere near as in depth so there's always a little bit not a guessing game because obviously we know certain players and we know their skill sets but that at the british masters we'll be able to tell you more about it but i think for this event there is sort of half a dozen names like you say that have probably got a chance you know tapio paul cannon as well as his finish he's got a chance at a similar price to vanamaki or the same price as vanamaki connor simey i thought was interesting bearing in mind he's been runner up here but is he 20 points shorter than vanamaki in level of field probably not and I just think you know when I look down the list and I see Jimenez maximally and Kiefer 40 to 1 and I just it's I find it very difficult to get interested in the event myself yeah. you know there's certainly some throwback names in there you look at sort of the likes of Gregory Bordy and people like that that could really turn up at any given week especially in this cast of field but it's nice for them to get back it's good that they've got some golf to go and play but with all the passport issues of people not being able to get there because of the flights and things like that. I just think that it's a difficult event to get interested in. It's a difficult event for them to really put on in, in this current situation. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame, really. You know, you've got to be glad that Luton and, and Dietrich are playing because it, that, that is, that, with respect to Arnosu, I, you know, I was on a couple of times last year. It, it, it's not going to be great. I mean, you've got a few there that potentially are better than this. I mean, Hayden Porteous, we know, is probably better than this at his best. I perfectly agree with you on Tapio Cannon. You know, there is a link if we go back to the winners, Ashen Wu and uh, Mikko Korner, and both won in China and both perform well at KLM, as does Josh Luton, um, pronounce it toast. And, you know, you go back to Paul Cannon, he's, he's, you know, he's a multiple winner on the Nordic League. He's got a tied second in Hainan over there in Asia. He's eighth in Morocco. Um, so he's got form that actually does tie up quite well with, with previous winners. And as you rightly say, he comes from the right, the right area in the world. I just felt he's had... He's had a couple more seasons to prove himself. I mean, it may well take time. Another one, somebody like uh, Joachim Hansen, he's to get another one that I think is better than he ever shows, but he's had the time to do it. Valamaki's just had that half a dozen efforts, and they look to be just, just the way he performed, that he just looked a proper player. Therefore, I think he's the wrong price. But like you say, up the top, I mean, this is a course, you've got a 506 par 5. And then you've got a load of five, you've got 500 yard par fours, long par threes, a couple of really long par fives coming home, 490 yard par four is 17th and a par three, 18. So it's an interesting course that can lead to a lot of birdies. And I, I just feel that Dietrich's going to give himself a million chances. He's probably going to give himself a birdie putt on every green. Loughton's going to mess something up somewhere because he always does. But he's got to be there, as you, you know, as you said before, 
So they're going to take two of the places up at least. And the rest is what happens on the day. But that's where the improvement is with Sammy. And, you know, hopefully we can be sending him a happy birthday card next week. Yeah, it's one of those events, isn't it? I mean, I know one, one other name that you mentioned was Alfie Plant before we came on. And he's 300 to one this field. And he's certainly one for the future. You know, he's a low amateur at an open and things mm. like that. But it's hard to see him win a European Tour event if you can call it that. Yeah, it's just, it's just full of a lot of unknowns, really. I just think it's a bit of a minefield. You don't know who's who's been playing, who hasn't. I mean, there's been a lot of people playing on like, the Nordic Golf League and things like that. Are they going to be fresh and everybody else? And we don't know enough about them until they turn up and play really well and make it obvious. It's just, it's not an event to get excited about. It's not an event to invest heavily in. It's a bit of a watching brief, I think, and find out who's playing well, ready for a couple of weeks' time when we get started properly. Another one I'd just like to give a quick mention to is Reece Not I used to write about the Challenge Tour, wrote for it about seven years. A uh, really decent player, I don't think ever ever really uh, performed his best on there, despite some good results. Playing really well in South Africa on the uh, Sunshine Tour, sort of obviously at the end of our year. And obviously I will look at it because our good mate Toby Tree also plays down there. He's got some really good rounds around there. I'm not saying he's going to win, but if somebody like him can perform to his best, they'll certainly have the ability to beat the other 140-odd players. But like you say, it's, it looks the top two and, and a couple that you, you might think have that improvement in them. So, you know, I think if you backed Luton and Detria, just couldn't complain about it. And unlike most of the time where we say single figures are not, we're not interested. Detria's nine to one earlier, so it's been nibbled. How can he possibly, you know, he he just gives himself a birdie chance at every tournament. Tournaments are an awful lot harder than this. How can he be out of the frame? And if he is, let's hope, if he is, sorry, if he isn't, let's hope he's second to uh, Marty Finn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Reece not there because he, he won last year on the Challenge Tour at the Slovakia Challenge. Again, a bit of a you know rough area. and It's one of those things, isn't it? It's, if, you, if you're really interested in the Challenge Tour, there's probably a few names here that you're looking out for. But a sort of thing that we did talk about earlier on in the show, uh, before the show, sorry, was that you could double up David Horsey at the 1836 event where he should be a standout player. 12 to 1, put him in with Dietrich and, and just enjoy a little run at it because they're both going to have a go. They're both above the class of the field that they're in at the moment yeah. and just wait for the proper things to start I say absolutely I think that double's a cracking double I, I think Horsey is well overpriced over there I, I actually quite fancy him if he's turned up in Austria he's got everything that's going for him I know we're not talking about the 1836 tour <laughs> but he has been working really hard really pleased with his game at the moment yeah I mean you know he, he plays well around Austria I don't know obviously as you say there's travel issues etc etc and various safety issues and he's dropped down massively in grade there. So, yeah, that looks that looks a cracking double. Another one, just very quickly to, to go on, because I don't think it's worth much more time, is uh, Sadier. Sadier was a really consistent Challenge Tour player. Third in Oman, I thought he played really well chasing down Sammy and Brandon Stone. I don't know how right he is, as, as you say. Tie, finished with a tie 12 at Qatar. He's not Thomas Dietrich, but Dietrich's eights and Sadier's fifties. He should be a lot sure. I think there's one firm... I don't like to praise firms. There's one firm that's got these prices better than anybody else. They've got Sadie at 35. They've got Sammy at 28. And I think that their opinion is absolutely spot on. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, like you say, he's had that third and 12 on European tour. He had a fourth in Portugal late last year. He's a good player. You'd expect him to go well in this level of field. Yeah. There's names in there. There's people that are there. Uh, Moronk was obviously a very popular player on Challenge Tour recently. 
one half of the Hogard Twins is playing Nikolai this week. There's names dotted about that are worth keeping an eye on, and, and that's what I'll do. I'll just keep an eye on who's played well, what they're doing in yeah. relation to what they've been doing prior in the season, and, and then go from there, because I just don't think it's an event worth getting too heavily invested in. No, I'm happy to agree with that, as long as Sammy wins. <laughs> yeah, look, that's it. I think, you know, 45-1, I think he's the better of the week on that event, in that tour, and hopefully he's he proves good value at the end of the week. I think the, the, what, the worst thing about it is we just have no idea what he's been doing, how he's been playing. you just got to hope that he turns up and does it this week. Let's go on to the the proper event this week, should we say? That, that, well, and even this is, you know, is the Memorial Light, I think mm. we should refer it to, because they're playing at Muirfield Village two weeks in a row. It's not something that happens on the tour, but it's replaced the John Deere Classic to get an event in. It's going to be slower greens this week. It's going to be slightly lower rough, and the tee box is going to be in slightly different positions. However, it is basically the same as the Memorial, so anyone that plays well there, you'd expect to continue that form. Does the slowing of the green suit certain players? Of course it does. It always does in, in different places, but I don't think there's too much difference in, in the two events. It's just that there's a slightly weaker field this week and, and a chance for an outsider really to come in and, and have a go at it, I think. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I think they probably replaced the John Deere because it would have been the fifth tournament that's exactly the same type of style we'd be looking at. We said at the start of the thing that it's the Webb, Berger, Kisner type thing and, and Kisner played well, you know, over the weekend, obviously didn't win and John Deere would have been looking at exactly the same people. So praise be that they've changed it, but playing the same course twice in a row is not, not my cup of tea, but could make our job next week quite uh, short. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We have to take it as memorial form. And yeah, looking at the, you're looking at who's won. I mean, if we go back, obviously my mate Patrick Cantley last year, the controversial Bryce DeChambeau, and then Jason Duffner. The fact that Duffner's won that now means that we, we can almost be certain that it's, um, as we know, is purely a, um, it's a second shot course. It's tee to greens, it's approaches, it's par four performance. Let's not worry about the putting. Let's just get it on the short stuff and, and see what happens. And hopefully it's similar. If it is, you know, we've got a list of players that's slightly different from what we've been looking at the last four weeks and go from there. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an event where you do have to hit the fairways, but the fairways are relatively easily to hit. If you do miss the fairways, it can be quite penal normally, but the rough's going to be slightly lower this week, so that could play into, uh, mm. into certain players' hands. The greens are difficult to hit, which is why there's a massive focus on strokes gained approach and stroke gains around the green and scrambling because obviously you need to get up and down. But once you get on the greens, as we've just gone through there with the with the likes of, you know, Duffner winning, putting isn't the most difficult at this course. I mean, we've seen it. Hideki Matsuyama's got a first, a fifth and a sixth here. Mm. Matt Cooch has won here in the past. There's people here, Carl Stanley's played well, that putting doesn't have to be your strength to perform here which is going to come into a lot of players' hands because a lot of the times, especially last week, it's a putting contest because there's so many birdie opportunities. I mean, Bryson, for all the focus that there was on his driving last week, he led the field in, in strokes gained putting as well. It was at seven or eight strokes gained. So it's not going to be quite like that. It's going to be who's going to hit the best balls into the green, who's going to scramble well when they miss them. And that's quite an interesting proposition. So although the field is not as strong this week, there are... There's certain names here. There's Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka. You know, it's going to be a decent enough event. And who who do you think out of those three, so Thomas, Cantlay and Rahm, do you think you'd have to stick your money on? Is it going to be your best mate, Cantlay? It would be. I think this, this week does actually look quite tempting for multiples. 
you've bought up the other two, Dietrich and and uh, Horsey, over there if you can get on. And to be honest, do you know Cantley played at uh, Travellers? He played just like somebody that needed the run. So he was there. He was he, he was backwards and forwards all the time. But we know that he's consist consistently up there in uh, tee to green approaches. Always has been. Has been for two years now. Even on limited uh, limited outings this year, he has been. I can't unless they're just playing for next week. I, there's some players I can't. I'm, I just can't believe haven't turned up here this week. Um, I know it's a tiring schedule. Probably Hatton's another one that would have just. I mean, it, it had to go well this week if it had played. But he's not there, and, and I would have JT doesn't seem to be quite there at the moment, does he? I uh, wouldn't have Matsuyama. Just don't think he can win at the moment. Cantley just looks prime. If he's going to do the job anyway, it's going to be here, isn't it? My opinion on Cantley is a bit like it was in the last time we spoke about him. Is I'll just wait until next week when he's a bigger price because he's going to be <coughs> a slightly bigger price unless he wins this week. He's going to be as big a price next week in this on the same course that we know he loves. He's just going to have to beat a couple of better players. Now I know that sounds mm. making it sound ridiculously basic and easy. I know it's not that simple, but it's the same course in front of him. And he's he's not afraid to beat anyone, so it doesn't matter that that Rory's not here this week. He'll, he'll just take him on next week. And what's he going to be next week? Eighteens, twenties? Well, I'd probably rather would you? take a chance. You'd rather yeah. have twenties with Bryson, Hatton, Rory, or whoever. I don't know who's entered. You'd rather do that, would you? Than than look at fourteens here I when just, Thomas doesn't look right. Ram doesn't look particularly right at the moment. Matsuyama, we know, can't win. Sanders okay at the moment. Oh, really? Okay. It's, just, okay. it's another it's another week in the bag, isn't it? You said just before that he looked like a player that needed a run out. Yeah. Maybe he needs two run outs. We ju- we just don't know, do we? We don't. If he goes and finishes fifth this week, you're gonna you be very annoyed at fourteen to one. Whereas you know he could be, and that puts him out next week, and and he's gonna have every chance of going well again. It's just my opinion on it. No, I mean what will be fascinating this week is is really continuing the theme we said. Whereas if you fancy a player for a tournament. We said this all along through colonial heritage, etc., etc. We said if you fancy a player in one of them for a genuine reason, then you need to stick to him. I know you don't like Luke List, and I know he didn't get a pay up, but he was another one. We've said it nearer the top of the market before, but we're finding it with these other players as well. If you fancy one that has a genuine case on that particular course setup and they fail, you're just going to get a bigger price the week after. To me, it doesn't negate their performance. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just think Cantley is a name. I don't know. I said this to you last time. We had the same argument last time when he was 25, I think, or 28. I thought he was a play. But I accepted your argument, whereas now just don't think you're going to get 20, whatever he does this week. If he fails this week, yeah. If he does anything in the top 20 this week, I don't think you'll get 20 to 1 next week. And therefore, I'd rather take it when you've got a favourite that, or a couple up there that look slightly weak at the moment. The other thing I would say, though, is that the course is going to be slightly easier this week. So some of the bad play from people is not going to be as in the spotlight this week. So is his skill set slightly negated in the fact that he performs better than everybody else when it's tougher because he's better than everybody else in this field or a lot better than most players in this field? Whereas if people can get away with a few wayward drives like they did last week. I mean, we're saying that, but, you know, there's 70% of the fairways get hit at this course because they have to club down, there's tight windows, whatever, but they're easy to hit. It's all yeah. about the second shot. Second shot. Yeah. But is he going to be taking advantage? When the greens are a bit faster and people struggle, is he going to just step up then? It, 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 look, I'm, I'm not necessarily all over him at Fort Wayne's, but if you, if you, you know, the question was who would you like out the top the top lot 
he he would unquestionably be the one. I wouldn't back him as a single at 14s. Like we say, I might stick him in the treble or double or something like that and see what happens. But yeah, if the question is who's the bet, who's the bet out of the top lot, then he is. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think I think I don't think it's quite as much as last week where we said about Bryson. If you know, we wouldn't personally back him at six to one. I don't. We don't really back single figure golfers, but he was going to win at some point, and we said it was just a matter of time. And and last week on reflection, looks the best time to do it because he could just destroy the course and make it a pitch and putt. He actually broke shot link data because they were saying he was like 69th out of 70th in strokes gained approach, but it's because half of his drives counted as approaches because he was so close to the par fours. So he just completely destroyed it. And I actually felt quite sorry for Matthew Wolf because I thought that he played really well after struggling early in the morning Mm. or early in the round, sorry. He bounced back really well. It was really unlucky not to get a couple of birdies late on. But Bryson was just, he wasn't going to get beat yesterday. He was just so good. Kent at home, didn't it? It was too easy. It was too easy. Absolutely. The, the course was way too easy. We said it. I wasn't interested in last week's event. It was exactly how we expected it to pan out. The three of the top ten were made up of Hat and Webb and Bryson, like we thought it was going to be. It's just obvious. There just wasn't anything to it. It was hit ball, find ball, hit ball again and make a putt. And you can't take oh, anything no. away from Bryson because he made the putts. And that was the difference between him winning this week compared to the, the top eights in the weeks before. I don't think Cantlay's quite a similar level of play that Bryson was last week in the set that just bet him because he's got no other competition. So I don't think there's a clear standout favourite this week. I wouldn't take Matsy and I wouldn't take Rahm. But I think you could take Thomas, Cantlay and Kupka and just make your pick. But I'm, I'm going to go further down the field, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going down further down the field, but it's a difficult one. He, you know, he loves the gaff. I mean, they all, you know, to be honest, as you say, he loves the gaff. That's the armor does, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, yes, you, I think you can leave him this week. Yes, this week will be the one that I think at the two will will throw up a result. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're talking short, aren't you? You're talking. I don't know what you're talking. Three to one. That one of the top lot win, probably less. Yeah, we can leave him alone if you want. It's not. It's not a problem. But Cantley is he's my mate. I don't know why. <laughs> I just think his stats are just amazing. And it's not that his stats are amazing as, as some of these people are, like, you know, Morikawa, for example. Not going to go at him. But his stats are amazing and he wins. So I don't see He's a weakness an incredibly in particular. talented person that has is, is unfortunately lost a few, a few of his years of his career to unfortunate circumstances mm-hmm. with his back and, the, you know, losing a friend and things like that. But, yeah. you know, he was robbed of, of an early career. And now he's he's making up for it and he's going to keep, making up for it he's going to win 10 times over the next decade or thought 15 times whatever you want to do he will be a regular there as long as bryson doesn't ruin golf as everyone keeps saying he will but then the thing with that argument is that there seems to be a lot of players that everyone keeps saying is going to win that many events and, and it's not actually feasible i mean we see dustin johnson's won 21 times or whatever i can't believe um, that can't believe you know, that He's won once every every fourteen last fourteen seasons or whatever. There's only a certain couple of people that can do that, and every week you seem to hear, "Well, he's going to win ten times in the next decade." And one of those people that everyone's talking about now is Victor Hovland, exceptionally talented golfer, will win this season again. I think. I think he wants to do it soon before major season starts because I think that's when you're going to see the cream rise to the top. Twenty-five to one this week. We've got no event form to go by but you'd imagine it would suit him if he can get around the greens okay this week you can see him doing something he's part of a group that as you rightly say will hit green after green after green second shot you know machines i 
personally couldn't have him at 25. He's a very sexy player. They love him, don't they? People love to back him. I just think there are other players with very, very similar similar games that are bigger. And therefore, if they've got bigger, if they've got similar games and they're bigger, I'll go for the bigger. Two of them just two straight away are obviously Colin Murray Carl, as we've discussed, and Joaquin Neiman, who's actually, you know, my pick of the top 15 or 20 plays. And, and, and I have actually had a bit on him. Yeah, they're very, very similar players. They're young. They've got immense improvement in them. It's at the end, it's your pick, isn't it? You're right to say we don't know how the course is going to play. Neiman played well at Heritage. And if we go back through the through the last three winners, Kenley, for example, I know he's got form everywhere, but he was tied third at Heritage. Shambo again, third at Heritage. And Daphne has got form there as well, as well as the obvious uh, connecting events, Honda, Houston, Valspar, etc. So I was quite interested in the Heritage as a sort of, especially it was only a couple of weeks ago, because we don't have the majority of the top, well, we don't have any, I don't think, of the top five playing that were there. We end up with uh, Neiman as sixth and top of that list and combine that with his top, his top 25, I think, in in the two important stats, Tita Green approaches. I think it's top 20, it might be, actually. Neiman was also third at the Heritage for Tita Green, uh, and he was fourth on approaches. So given that I believe that tournament has some sort of say or will do at Memorial next week, I'm quite happy to think that, that he's going he's gonna to have a very, very big say today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like Neiman as well. I think you know, we picked him, was it two weeks ago, and, and he sort of lets down, and, or I did... You know, you just you got to you got to sweep that off. It just happens every now and then. I think he's he's definitely a player that you want to go back to. I, I don't really see, as you said, as much of a difference between him and Hovland as the market does. The market's just reacting to the fact that everyone talks about Hovland, so they're going to back him, and and not so many people talk about Neiman. And and everyone keeps talking about sort of Morikawa, Wolf, mm. Hovland because they came out as a three, but all won very early on. And Neiman's sort of keeps getting forgotten about I think and is not maybe not equally talented certainly when it comes to more care of his irons but he's certainly got a lot of good attributes and a 45 to 1 on a course that he's proved himself on and a 6th and a 27th in the last two and that 6th was on yeah. debut as well it, exactly. there's nothing yeah. really to argue with is there I don't think no I mean if we again if we're assuming that the setup this week means that putting isn't isn't that important then yeah at the price, he's one of a few. He was well back at the uh, Travellers. Started off really well, 68, 66, 68. Was inside the top 30, and then obviously final round as as what happens. Dropped way out of contention. But I think there's enough in his early form, and there's enough here, and there's enough course form. And if the, if we don't need a strong putter, and there's always the case that this week you may well do before they get it a bit harder. I mean, it's it's very, very acceptable for a player that, that is in that exactly what you say, is in that same group all the time. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I like Neiman. And the next person at the same price is Mark Leishman. I know a couple of weeks ago, again, I think he was going to be popular at Travellers, and I said I didn't really wasn't really interested in him. But he's the type of player that can just turn it on any week. He doesn't necessarily need to be in form. Plays very well after missed cuts, or lowly finishes. He just likes this type of event. And he likes his course. He's got two top fives here in the last five years. You know, he was playing well before the lockdown. One at Torrey Pines and he played well at Bay Hill as well. And he's a player that everyone talks about as a major winner. Hasn't quite done it yet, but I think it probably is still coming. He was very unlucky at the Open at St Andrews. 
He's obviously played well at Augusta, which everyone talks about in the same sort of vein as this because of the easy-to-hit fairways. And he's leading the tour in, in approaches, albeit slightly less rounds than most people. But it should suit him. If it's a course that suits him and the price is right, which it is at 45-1, to 1, it's more than okay, I think, at 45-1 to 1 when you compare the people above him. And we do that a lot on here, don't we, on, on this show, really, that we... We sort of oh, okay. Well, he shouldn't be forty-five to one when mm. Ricky Fowler's thirty to one, whatever. But that's what you've—that's how we sort of think about things, and and that's how we sort of portray it. I mean, Victor Hovland is the star of the moment, or one of behind Bryson and people like that. But he's not twenty points better than than Leishman as as a currently as a golfer. Is he projected to have a better career than him? I'd say yes, probably, just because Leishman hasn't quite achieved what many thought he might but I think also Leishman's one of these sort of feel-good laid-back Aussies that has a lot more important things going on in his life right now than than playing golf and and he'll just win when he can be bothered whereas Hovland everything's about golf because he's a I, youngster yeah I think you've, you've got that absolutely right I mean I, I keep going back to if, if you know my and I do like him but if Daphne can win you know yeah I mean Mark Leishman I, I like him when the going gets tough I think it really grinds it down. I, I, again, it, just just for me, it would depend on how they set this up this week. If it's too easy, I'm, I mean, we, you know, all our thoughts are gone, aren't they? He's for me, he's a grinder, very very solid grinder, and in he he won't lose shots on difficult courses that others will, you know, like you know the weaker uh, chippers, the weaker scramblers. I, I can't argue with what you say, but yeah, he just I, I'd worry about about how we set up. That, that's that's all. That's all. Well, that's, no real argument. That's the other thing is that what I've just said about Cantley and the fact that do I think that mm. when he gets tougher next week it suits him better? Possibly. Will he be a bigger price next week? As long as he doesn't finish in the top five this week, then yes, he will. He's going to be sort of 66s. And then do you just hope that that happens and take a chance on him then? But I think 45 to 1 this week is, is too good to miss that opportunity yep. because I just think that. When you look at the names of this field, is he outside the top 10 in class? Maybe, because there is you know, a very strong top six or seven players. But I think there's also a couple of the above him that that have no right to be above him at the moment. It's just a lot of based on potential and, and a lot of excitement, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And, and just another link is that you know, there was a lot of talk between the Firestone, the Bridgestone Invitational being a and linked to this event, and he's played very well there in the past. He's got a third-place finish. It's obviously in Ohio as well. Requires the same sort of thing, good second-shot course. And if that is a good link, then that's just further evidence that, that he can play well on this course. And, you know, outside of two top fives in the last five years, he's got 15th and 11th as well. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of patchy finishes there as well, but that's Mark Leishman all over. I don't think he's ever going to be consistent. You're not going to see him finish in the top 10 every year, any course, because he's just not that type of player. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's up there. He's top 20 in in Tita Green, as you rightly say. He's uh, up there, or oh, he's second, isn't he, in uh, approaches for the year so far. Around the course that he likes. No, there's no negatives, really. If that's that's the 40 or one shot you want, absolutely fine. Now, there's a, there's a few names here now that are interesting, but I can't work out if I want to back them. And the next one up is Adam Hadwin for me. He's in good form. He does... Yeah, the things well that yeah he's got the things well that he does um, a lot you know finished fourth last week tied fourth that was a lot down to how he finished he sort of shot himself up there on the last day but 
he hits his approach as well. He's tidy around the greens and, and he's in good form. And, you know, he hasn't got the best of course form here. And that is enough to put you off, maybe. But 55 to 1, I thought it was a, worth a look considering his, his performances in the key categories, which are around, around the greens and approaches degree. Yeah, absolutely. Again, he's another one, isn't he? Played really well last week on, as you say, on those two key stats. Why not? He's always had he's always had the sort of the impression that he he's either a bit better than what he's showing, or he's not as good as what he's showing. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? I'm not sure which way it is. Yeah, I don't, is he one of those people that's just getting the absolute most out of his yeah. talent, and he can only concede uh, contend on certain weeks? You know. He is. He was top ten in around the greens last week, you know, and that's a very important stat. And he was hitting his irons well enough that he could contend. And that, at the end of the day, is is what he needs to do this week as well. And the other important statistic that we keep going back to is par four scoring, and he's eighth on the season in that across forty three rounds. There's no one that's above him in the par four scoring has played that many rounds. Albeit there's a couple Bryson and and Xander that played forty two and are above him, but. He's averaging 3.93 scores on par fours, which is which is a key area. So it's one of those ones, isn't it? It's a, this is a very much a how much do you believe in course history because he's got an 11th place finish here in 2016, which shows that he can play well here. But otherwise, he's got a 57th, a 52nd, a 74th, and a missed cut. It's not it's not alarmingly good, and he's not it's not like he's we're talking about 100 to one golfer. He's still 50, 55 to one amongst some very good golfers. So. It's whether you like Adam Hadwin or not, isn't it? Yeah, I think they do turn up here every year, though, don't they? After after some uh, decent enough form, don't they? I mean, Duffner went at uh, I think it was nineteen twenty four thirty three before he won. Uh, Pat Kent he was uh, thirty five four. even that, okay, it was it was only a thirty eight, but that was you know when he was virtually an amateur, wasn't it? I think you've got to have a little bit around here if you can, and it, again, it's it's price versus what you consider to be the criteria if we're looking at the, the two that we we agree or the three that we agree par four approaches to green you, you can't really argue it's, it's whether that price is compensation enough for any lack of ability that you might have around this course uh, and i think that is that's what the balance is every week isn't it i mean we all know that 90 percent of these of these players can shoot the best score that there will be this week it's how they do it, why they do it, what for us, what price they are, you know, when they do it, et cetera, et cetera. We, we're just balancing all that up. So it, he's he's a price that he is, and, and it doesn't jump out to me, just because there are others with a similar upwardly profile that are bigger. But, yeah, you know, if Hadwin was to finish eighth, if he was to finish fourth, it wouldn't surprise. It's just how many of that price category can you do? Yeah, I just think that he was sixty to one last week. He's then finished fourth, and he's still only he's still only dropped down to fifty to one. There's not been an overreaction mm. to his price. And what I do like about Hadwin is that he gains strokes across the board. So it's not a case of, you know, it's not like a Matthew Wolf who relies on his driver. It's Morikawa that you know relies on absolute perfect irons. He can pick it up anywhere in his game. If, if one certain area is off. And that's always a good thing to, to fall back on. Undecided, I think there's people with better claims like Neiman and Leishman at similar prices, whereas you, you just don't want to be taking too many in the field. Another player we have mentioned there is is Matthew Wolf at 66-1. to 1. Probably a bit of an overreaction to last week. He hasn't shown that he's the consistent type, has he, since he's come out on tour. 
bundles of ability, brilliant driver of the ball, and definitely got nerves of, of steel, apart from his sort of early showing in the round, when he's in contention. I just think that, that a 66-1, to 1, I, could, I can ignore him quite easily. Yeah, I mean, got his his fame was, was being selected for the match, playing with uh, Ricky Fowler during the early stages of lockdown. Look, he's one of the group, isn't he? He's one of that class of 2018, is it 2000? Yeah, something like that. He played well the weekend. I wasn't impressed the way he, you know, he, he fell apart and then came again, as so many of them do, because the pressure's then off. doesn't matter if they finish fifth, so they play better and they finish, they finish second or third. He's not a player that instantly strikes me as somebody that, that, that has... He's clearly very good. I've got to be careful with my words here. So he's clearly quality. He is high up in, in par four performances. Certainly was last week anyway. He might be finding something. That, that, that little bit of fame, did that get to him for a little while? Was he coming back now? You know, there's. I like to look at the overall positions on the stats, but equally, I think it's important to look at very recent ones as well. Clearly, he has to adapt. To, to finish top five, he has to have played well anyway. But have they found something? He's there. He's there on, on the three relevant stats from last week. He could either take it really well and say, do you know what? I've, I've bought this back fantastically. This is my time, to, you know, my time to go. Or, yeah, he could overreact. Again, at the price, 40, 50, 60. What do you want? He hasn't played around here before. Whatever. Wouldn't surprise you to see him up there, would it? Wouldn't surprise you to see him leading after a certain round. Can you see his name in front? But not for me. I think... I think for me, he's a similar profile in, and again, without without sort of taking anything away from this guy's game, is Cameron Champ, is that they've both got a standout skill of, of hitting the ball a long way and, yeah. and straight when they're on form, but neither have been the most consistent, although Champ has come out since the lockdown and finished 14th and 12th, so he was sort of one that I sort of kept an eye on for this week doesn't really fit the bill in terms of what I'm looking for to play well here. But that, that's the sort of correlation I sort of made between the two is that, you know, Champ will pop up when a course suits. I think Wolf will pop up when a course suits. And, yeah. and to see Wolf perform well on a, on a course where the rough doesn't matter, that you can bully the course. And, and he made something ridiculous like 28 birdies and two eagles or something and, and still lost. He He's... It was just that type of course. He just made silly mistakes along the week. It wasn't just earlier in the day. He just he gave back too many. So yeah, it's it, on, it a, rubbish, on a proper test like this. I don't I don't really like his chances. Gary Woodland is obviously yeah. won the U.S. Open. Yeah. He is certainly someone that's suited to this sort of test. Drives the ball normally is is his strength, but that is. A real weakness. He's he's been constantly losing strokes off the tee at the moment, and that would concern me. Even when he played well when he first come back out at Colonial, we lost strokes off the tee. He's got a sixth and a fourth here, albeit a few years ago, sixteen and eleven. I find him very difficult to get right, Gary Woodland. I don't ever know. Did that U.S. Open win flatter him a little bit? Because he he's, he hasn't done much either side of that win. To really, I thought he, that was going to sort of put him on a different trajectory. I thought he was going to really mm. kick on and, and maybe fulfil his potential. And I don't think he's quite done that yet. I know it's not been a long time since since that US Open win, in, in relatively speaking, and, and we've had the lockdown to, to interrupt. And, he, you know, he's played well, but he doesn't look a better player because of it. No, I mean, I worry about Woodland if he's got a, if he's got a you know, five, foot, five six footer to, to do something special. 
worry about him if he's um, in the rough around the green. I know he's he's actually played better around the green, I think, recently, but he's not someone I can put confidence in. I think he will find he will find plenty of greens, but as you say, his game's not quite what it was. Certainly, it's not his heyday because he's young enough not to have had a heyday yet. I thought he'd go really well this week. I think Wood, Woodland always. They're not the same player, but Woodland always appears. He's next to Leishman on the list at the moment, isn't he? And that's where I put him. You know, it it does hurt that I tipped him to win the Masters from about 2000 and whatever for about the next five years. And he was pants. And he isn't good enough to do that. I know now he isn't good enough to do that. It's the sort of course... I think he'll do better next week than this week. I can't can't tell you why. I, I just... I think you might be right. I think this finding the green might be more important next week. And therefore, if he plays... I would have him finishing higher next week than this. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's just whether you just give it a give it a week and find out. Because if he plays as he has been playing for the last two or three events this week, he's going to be a really decent price next week and may have a better chance just because the test suits yeah. him more. So, yeah. so that's that's where we're looking. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to get uh, a sort of. A pinpoint of what this week's going to be. I think there's there's players that we know that we like, regardless of, of how the course sets up. Out, you know, obviously the course has to suit full stop, but the little differences whether that bothers us or not. But I think there's certain players like a Woodland. I don't think it particularly bothers Cantley. I just think that I'd possibly think he's got a better chance, not a better chance of winning next week, but I'd rather take a chance that he that he does it next week. It's, it's tough, isn't it? And I mm. think there's another couple of players that are coming up now. Jason Day has done absolutely nothing yeah. to suggest. I mean, he keeps popping up. He's been brilliant around the greens, which is ridiculous because he, he just keeps missing cuts. Well, just, he's, he's up he's up there, isn't he, in, he in the standings? He just can't believe that, that... I mean, I know, obviously, he's had serious injuries and stuff, but you just cannot believe that, for me, the bloke is gone. I mean, we've seen it before, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we've seen it with plenty of players and they've come back. I mean, what what? Yeah, I've never been the biggest fan, but you know it doesn't matter. I still respect what what the player can do, and his ranking in the world, and he's just gone. I mean, I've always struggled to really get on board with him. I always thought that everyone was convinced he was going to win the Masters one day, and I never particularly saw it. And then he had that real great year, wasn't it, in 2016? You know, where he did fulfil his potential and win his. You know, his his mate or 2015, sorry, won his PGA and then had a you know very good 2016 to follow that up. He had two great years, but now he's he's outside the top 50 in the world. He's 63rd. Yeah, I, right I, I wouldn't have him at 63rd. I, I can't believe he's that high. Similar to Jordan Spieth. In fact, it's better said Jordan's fallen further because at least Jordan did fulfil that potential. I'd have Spieth over day every single day of the week. I would at the moment, definitely. Absolutely. I would have done back then as well, but you know, but yeah, I mean, day's gone. I don't know how you can possibly have a penny on it. Benny Ann, same price. He's definitely his type of course, but that seems to be the case every week on a course that basically they can say you can not focus on putting. That's going to be right up his street. I know our our friend Sam has made a song about him putting with glass <laughs> eyes. You know, and they, you know that is what it is. He hits a ton of greens. He's probably going to miss the putts that, that cost you the week. I just, I find it very hard to get interested in him. I think that he's constantly undervalued because he's so good at hitting the ball, and everyone just goes, "Oh, he just needs to putt well." But how many how many weeks can you say that before he doesn't do it again? 
you know, he's had a fourth at the Honda Classic where he must have putted okay. He's just not for me. He's too infuriating to watch. I couldn't, I couldn't watch him on a Sunday missing putts. It would wind me up. <laughs> Kevin Strillman, I thought was really interesting. He, you really liked him at the Travellers. Yeah, really liked him. Um, very, very big price. Played very well. Nearly chased down Dustin Johnson. Mm. Didn't quite do it in the end. Really fits the bill here this week with a fourth here last year, two top eights since 2011, another couple of top 18 finishes as well. Yeah, playing brilliant. Yeah. Has he has he just dropped to a short enough price that you leave him alone? No, you can you can definitely stick him in there. There's 70 available, isn't there? 66 top eight. I personally think it's very hard to to put a negative against him. Yeah, I, I loved Streelman last time, uh, and it, yeah, he performed. He performed as well as I think he could have done. He's in a rich frame of form. He's the type of player that goes on these, goes on a run. His stats last time are are excellent all round. So he fits he fits the all round game that's needed here. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's look. You're talking about him or Benny Ann or Jason Day, uh, Matthew Wolf, in the same breath. I mean, at the moment, you, you, you'd put Stillman well ahead, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I just think that, you know, just based on the fact that we know he can play well here, I think that's, you know, the main thing. He plays well here and he's playing well, so... Yeah, he's he's in good form. He's had, even before the second at Travellers, he finished second at Pebble Beach. He's just the type of player that you know is going to, if he gets on a run, he's going to keep it up, isn't yeah. he? And like you say, I just... I've got him, do you know what, again, I've got him, you know I have these brackets and it's wrong to do that, but this mm-hmm. is the way I think and there's nothing like, you know, you ain't going to change it. I would have him in the Leishman bracket type of player and therefore i believe he should be a similar price to leishman so yeah mm. that's my that's 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 you know that's my opinion i think leishman's a bit of higher quality than, than Strowman, well yeah victoria sponge you know fucking <laughs> walnut you know what i mean it's it's you know who's right there's nobody right is there nobody right nobody's wrong is right but <laughs> okay. joel damon i like yeah i yeah. really like joel damon and and it's because i really expected him to be the one player that suffered the most from the lockdown. I just I just convinced myself that he was going to just fade away but because he, he was just playing so well beforehand. I just didn't think he'd keep it up. But, a 14th or 5th or 5th, I thought he's got, he's got to win and then all of a sudden the tour got shut down and he's come out and played really well. Yeah, he's played mini tours, didn't he? Should have won. Scottsdale Open, but was he, obviously he backed another couple of players so he, he didn't bother <laughs> the final round and still didn't win in the end. Yeah, I, he's got a great chance, hasn't he? Uh, my worry about Damon is I'm not sure where he wins. And I, I, this is, I think he'll play really well. And he is on my list, but I've, I can't bet him each way because I don't think he can win. And I can't answer the question as to why. I just don't think he's a winner at this. I think he's going to want need an easier tournament to actually put his head in front. And, and yeah. I- you know, but, but there. Sorry, mate. I mean, I mean, therefore, you know, it, ninety to one, he should be. I haven't looked, but he should be round about eight for for um for a top ten. I'd rather, I'd rather be. I just don't see where he wins. But that's just me. I mean, he's tenth in par four scoring average on mm, the season. Absolutely. You know, thirteenth in approach. I mean, that you have to. But people give you confidence, don't they? People yeah, you, give you, you give you an impression see it as well, don't you? Yeah. In front of you can't just sit here and read a, a spreadsheet on on stats and and just go by that. I just think he's a, an improving player. I was really impressed with how he has come back 
from the, the lockdown and had two top 20s at the Charles Schwab and Travellers. Mm. Uh, even his 48th at the Heritage wasn't wasn't disastrous. He had a bad final round after shooting a 63 on Saturday to really put himself up there. And the other thing I quite liked was his second at Wells Fargo last year. I know mm. he lost out by three strokes to Max Homer, but that is a that's a top quality golf course. Yeah, that um, fits. Yeah, that fits absolutely. Yeah, demanding, and he's and he's finished ahead of Rose, literally directly mm. in front of Rose Garcia, Casey Fowler. So it kind of it kind of makes sense that he would play well here, and and I'll just take a chance on him at ninety to one in this in this field. Because I don't think he's a player that wait until next week when he's a bigger price. Because I think, like you say, you're not sure where he's going to win. Well, there's, you know, there are top class players in this field, but let's let's take four or five of the best ones that are going to be out next week out of the equation and give them a chance this time around. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue. I mean, that Wells Fargo does fit in with previous winners. I mean, just to offer you the option. If you do, you think he can win? Do you think he can I win? Th- yeah, I think he can you win. Do on, think he can win? Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay, well, he's, because, 100, he's 120 on the exchange, which for me is is a far more appealing. I don't think he can win. So, therefore, you can, for me, you can mess about with that. There's plenty at 120 that may probably get bigger. You can mess about with that, I think, because I don't think you can collect at 90. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard, isn't it? Uh, yeah, of course. When, when, the, I say I view, think he can, when I think he can win, I find it difficult to imagine Joel Damon out-muscling Patrick Cantlay, Joaquin Neiman, Mark Leishman, if he was in that mix, I'd, I'd find it hard for him to come up trumps. And, and obviously there are people that we've been talking about. So it's just one of those ones where he stands out to me in this area of numbers, just based on his profile alone. One thing I would say is that we've we've had just top-class player after top-class player win over the last few weeks, haven't we, when we expected that maybe there'd be an opportunity while people were rusty to, for an outsider to win. And that hasn't happened yet. No, it's been it hasn't. You couldn't argue with the winners, could you? Really? No. Um, You've had Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Bryson, and Dustin. You know, you can't pick that. That's top class, isn't it? So, is someone suddenly going to come in and do it now when when people are really sharpened up? <sighs> it's just this week versus next week. I'll, I'll take a chance in whilst a few of the big namers are, are out. It's what I'm saying about it's, it's just it's I, it, the schedule is just nonsense, isn't it? But you know, we we have to. Uh, we have to go along with what it is. He, he's another one, isn't he? If he played well, we'd be like it'll be the the you know the people's pick next week. Um, we don't. We've got no idea. Obviously, if we did, we wouldn't be sitting here at you know ten o'clock trying to do this. But <laughs> you know, I just don't feel he wins. I, I think, like I say, 120 on the exchange, brilliant. I can see him being up there at some point. In which case, that's where you can make your profit if that's purely what we're talking about. Because I just don't see him winning. Yeah, no, I just it's one of those, again it's one of those events where I'm more interested than I was last week, but I'm I'm just waiting for next week as an event that I'm going to particularly yeah. enjoy watching. So if he wins this week, it wouldn't surprise me. But I can see what you're saying. There are, there are obvious drawbacks. And another player that in the same sort of mould is Ryan Armour. Now I mentioned him last mm-hmm. week at 200 to one. And he finished fourth. It looked like he was, you know, had a chance to win at one point. He finished sixth the week before at Travellers, and he he fits the mould as the type of player that plays well here, and and that's shown in the fact that he's finished twenty second and twenty third in the last two years. Now, he's beyond the peak of his, you know, he's forty four years of age, but it took him until he was forty to one to win for the first time. So, is he this kind of player that's just improved massively at the age of forty? Yes, he is. 
he's he's finally found something um, to take into that next level. He's gone from just being very good at hitting the greens to finally putting four rounds together. Do I see him winning? I probably see him doing exactly what he did last week. Maybe yep. maybe not even as well as he did last week, just based on the fact that it's a slightly more demanding course off the tee. Yeah, I mean, given given you know that um, what Bryson did off the tee, for example, you know he's he's lagging miles behind, but his his iron play has been exceptional. It won't matter. I mean, last week, obviously, you know, although although the, these par fives been really really weird, haven't they? I mean, you know, Bryson messed them up. Dustin messed messed uh, messed one up the week before, um, and they're the players you just expect to bosh it on in two and and take safe birdie. So yeah, for Armour, who who hasn't got that sort of uh, armory in his arm. He hasn't got, he hasn't got <laughs> that drive in his in his whatever armory, his satchel. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a Craig satchel plan? Yeah, I, I think he played exceptionally well to to be able to keep up there. And yeah, like you say, if he's found something like so many of these played well last week, yeah, Armour was top five, wasn't he? T Green and approaches. If he's found and he's, something, and he's sick for round the green as well, which is really important for this week, yeah. which really yeah. sort of drew me back into him. I think I just thought that I thought he was oh. overpriced last week after finishing sixth, and then he's still not. You think he's overpriced? Yeah. So expected when he's gone sixth and fourth. I know he's gone. I know he's halved in price, but it's not just an overreaction to one week. He's done it twice in a row. He's finished mm. his place in the top six now. If you can take eight places at hundred to one, maybe give it a go. I just, I just. I yeah, don't, I don't, I don't see him being any more likely to win than a Joel Damon, and I don't see either of those being any more likely to win than Neiman or Leishman. I think if you, if I was just picking people to win, then then Leishman and Neiman are a different a different class. But I think when you start getting to this sort of area, there, there's obviously going to be negatives on players, and and he's one that I'm struggling to find them on at the moment. Yep. Yep. So that's fine. Let's. Where, what else do you like it down this sort of three-figure price? Because I, I do think it's going to go to a class player as it has done in the last sort of four or five weeks now. I don't think you need to get too far down, but just as as outside chances that that could surprise at a big price. Who who do you like around this price? Well, around that price, uh, not that many. I thought Sepp Strucker played very well last week. He hasn't been round here and and whatever, but he's he's quite a tidy player. Not saying he's going to do anything, but he was he was of interest for me. I was very very taken. If you want to go quite a, quite a lot, you have to go. Unfortunately, past Luke this this week. Um, although he did play really well for three and a half rounds last week, which um, I was glad to see. If you want to go further down, then then two hundred fifty to one was available earlier on uh, Henrik Norlander, and he was the very very first one that I wanted to be on this morning. I was going to be quite happy to take. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's not he's not going to be the shortest. I was happy going to be take about 150, I think I would have been happy with. He went up at 250. He also went up at 400 on the exchanges, which I also managed to get and looks like he's going to go that way anyway later on. Norlander played exceptional last week. Uh, he was second tee to green, led the approaches. He was first in scrambling, and we was having a little debate earlier on, weren't we, about, about the around the green and the scrambling. And and to be honest, you think, how can they not win if they're, if they're up in all that sort of up in all those stats and he was also um, I think it was tied 13th in par 4 performance so for me he's got an upward trajectory I mean, he isn't totally exposed yet there's quite an interest the RSM Classic is quite interesting because I know you fancy one at a big price and that he finished level with him it looks like he missed the cut at um, the Charles Schwab but that was only by one stroke there's no problem in that 70-69 we never have a problem with anybody sort of 
we say it every single week, but 7069 is not 7678. There's a mile of difference in it. Uh, Travelers was okay. 41st, I mean, you're not going to complain about it. But then he, he, his figures weren't that bad. Again, he finished 41st, and his figures were round about sort of uh, 40 ranked as well. But then he came out last week, and to be honest, I thought he was quite brilliant. And he took my eye last week. He's got form at the RSM, got beat by Mackenzie Hughes, who I know there's a couple that actually quite fancy him this week, Mackenzie Hughes. We fancied him, or I fancied him a few weeks ago, and I know there's been a, a little bit of money for him from other people. Uh, somebody else has put him up. I can't remember who it is. not going to mention him anyway because it's not us. <laughs> he plays really well at the RSM. And it's just this, again, it's what you say about has that person found something. If there's something in their in their past form, and, and you know, Norlander can put up wins, he can put up top 10s in Hawaii, top five in, in the RSM. You know, Wells Fargo that you talk about, we go back to 2013 when he didn't have, you know, didn't have this sort of experience. He was tied 16th. Wyndham tied 16th. No, it's, it's not the crossover, but, but you know, a very, very good tournament as well. I just think a player that caught my eye this week and that is progressive and has those sort of stats, Memorial could suit, could suit if, he's, if he has found something. And at 250 to one, I'm quite prepared to take the chance. Certainly at 400. Look, you laughed at Cameron Triangle last week. He was a similar price. Within, because you keep calling him Triangle. Yeah, it's but like, it's it, not because of his actual. Well, should, should, we do, should we do a shapes episode? <laughs> and the thing about that is, uh, you know, just there was somebody on on the the Twitter feed that that asked about, you know, the way we play. For me, the exchange is there to keep freeing up, to keep freeing up, to keep freeing up. Um, and hopefully, eventually, at the end, you've got three or four running for you. Tringali, within, I think, two hours of starting, um, I think he went to five under on the first day. He was out early. He went to five under. He went to, to uh, 100 to one. My normal way of doing things, if I do go on the exchange pre-event, is to double my money at a quarter of the odds. It's something I got from uh, another very, very well-respected uh, punter we hope to have on here as a guest one day. I was very happy. I was Within two hours, I was done. I had a free bet on somebody else could take my money back off Shingali and he was still running for 200 to one and that's the sort of thing I like to look for a Norlander the way he's playing and those little snippets of form is clutching at straws but you know he did go tied fifth at the RSM then tied ninth at Sony so two weeks in a row if he's found something again here tied 12th at the uh, Rocket Mortgage you know can he continue that form the week later at the price I'm I'm, I'm over the moon to take it yeah, and there's another player that's exactly the same mould, if you like, other than the fact that you know he hasn't quite got the same profile in terms of winning as Norlander yet. But behind Norlander, who was first in strokes gain approach last week, is is Kyung Hun Lee, who was second in approaches last week, and eighth around the green as well. Led after two rounds here last year, but faded away. Just I think you know the occasion in in this sort of event gets the better of you when you're a bit inexperienced. I can sort of forgive that for. His level of player was 350 to one earlier. He's now gone into 250 to one because he has been put up by a well-respected tipster. I still think there's probably some value in the 250 to one. As I say, he was top 10 in both approaches and mm. and around the green last week. Had that had that run here last year, and as you say, he only needs to get off to a, an early start and, and play well for you to to get some money back. So. I thought he was. I thought he was good value. I think also if you're looking at people at big prices now, I think Dylan Fratelli was quite interesting. Is it his sort of course? 
it, it's hard to tell. I think that he can play well at this sort of event. I think he's I think he's suddenly becoming the class that we almost expected him to be. I think he's had a very sneakily good season. You know, 6th and 7th in his first two events, 11th in, at the Mayakoba, and then he's had an 18th at Bay Hill and an 8th at the Heritage as well. I just thought he was quite interesting. I just think that he plays these sort of courses well enough. And I just thought he was better than, than his price suggests. Yeah, heritage form. Heritage form works absolutely fine. Interestingly enough, we've, we've spoken about uh, Benny Ann and Dylan Fratelli, both of whom I was writing about on the Challenge Tour and tipping up at 40s, 50s, 60s, 60s um, quite regularly back then. So, you know, and then we can take Brooks Kepka, who also obviously went mentor on the Challenge Tour when he first arrived. So my a point, you know, if I can just link in what we were saying about the European Tour earlier, yeah, who knows where they'll be in two or three years' time. So so all these events, whether they're, you know, not quite the standard or, or quality that you want to see, are, are always worth keeping an eye on. You know, I would never have put Fratelli as uh, as as where he is now, to be honest with you, on the PGA Tour. Uh, Benny Ann may be different, Kupkud, but they start somewhere. And as your mate Ryan at Monday Q is always saying, sometimes it might be from the back of the van on a Thursday. But anyway, <laughs> going, back to, going back to Fratelli, yeah, I mean, why not? The, the worry with him, and again, the worry with uh, Norlander, if you want to put it out with it, and the advantage that Lee has is that outing on the course, and that does maybe seem to seem to be uh, more important. At the price, though, are you prepared to take it? And again, it's that balancing act, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take China 50 if he hasn't had a run around the course. But your, your Kyung Hun Lee, maybe because of that run, has a better profile. Given that, are these players going to be playing next week? And therefore, they will have had a run. So, com C, com SAR, isn't it? You know, it's it's we all work in different ways. As we always say, if there's something there that, that makes you think they might play better than their price, it's a play, isn't it? Well, at the end of the day, this time last year, he was winning the John Deere, which yeah. is this is an event that it replaces. So yeah, true. I just, I just yeah, think he's rhythms, yeah. slightly uh, above where, especially where I expected him to be. I didn't think he was going to come out and do what he's done this year. And I just thought he was a reasonable price considering he has played well most of the season. 340 to one of the exchanges. He might just get a good run going. And if he can get hot, I think he can stay hot. I think he's that type of player. There's there's not really much else, I think, down here. Jonathan Bird impressed last week and is, is apparently making strides forward in his game after a, a long time in the wilderness. I'll wait to see it, probably. Yeah, I just, yeah not bothered. Yeah. You know, he's had two top sevens here in the past, but that was when he was sort just, of at the top of his game. Just just out of interest as well, that was a thing It was a different course. Going back to Fratelli, sorry, Tom. You mentioned that he won, you talk about biorhythms, he also won the Leoness Open 2017. So is this his time of year? Do you know, there's, a, there's I think we both know a well-known tipster that loves this sort of thing, biorhythms, and that's, that's serious. That is, you know, you've, I think you might be putting me on something here. <laughs> I just, I just, it just, it just stands out to me. I just think that mm. I don't. I look at this sort of price range, and there's always a couple of names that I think, oh, that's strange that he's down there amongst, uh, you know, players that can barely hit the ball at the moment. <laughs> and and there he was. You know, Aaron Wise has been a player that we expected to be absolutely you know superb, what? and this should suit him. Go on, I'm going to play but for Elliot somewhere. <laughs> well, he's, he's just playing. He's just playing well. I think he's just playing better than his price suggests. It's fine. Thank you. So there he is. Anyone else in this range, or are we going on to the subjects that we've all been waiting for, which is biscuits? No, I think I think I think you've covered it. I think you make a fantastic 
case for his telly. And thanks to you, like I say, I've put that up and this is his time of year. Just to let you know that for telly on the exchange, if you're quick, it's 330 and drifting. 330 for a man that loves to win in June. There we July, are. July, we hope. Yeah, sorry. Well, he, he might have won in June, but we missed it. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So this time of year, sorry. Yeah, you are right. One one other player, actually, before we go, is Carl Stanley. Yes, um, yes. Sorry. Perfect game here, isn't it? He's second, a sixth mm. in 2018, 2017, third in 2013. He is a player that constantly disappoints, constantly I think. Does Charles Howell, doesn't he? Yeah. He, and he's won, you know, he's won twice, but probably should have won four or five times. Certainly should have won one more than he has. But he's played well at fire, saying so he finished second there behind Justin Thomas. He's finished second at this event, you know, in the same year. He lost in a playoff to DeChambeau. You know, he is 150 mm. to 1. Mm. And like we say about so many other players, if he parts well, he's going to contend. If he doesn't putt well, you're just going to be incredibly frustrated and wish you never bet him. Yeah, but yeah, we spoke about him earlier, didn't we? Yeah, he's had a t- he's had a 24th at the Travellers, yeah. which was promising enough. He had two 65s that week. His missed cuts haven't been as bad as they look. He's finished third at Puerto Rico before the lockdown, and now it's a, a much smaller event. 30th at the RSM earlier in the year. He's just a player that he he's going to consistently pop up at courses that suit him. This is one of them, and and if he can. You know, get someone else to putt for him when he gets to the green. You might have a chance. But as we said, you know, we we believe that putting isn't isn't the be all and end all here, and therefore he fits he fits yeah. a profile that we've given to the to the event. Yeah, yeah. As you rightly say, again, it's it's you know, I've put up the heritage as as irrelevant. It's he's missed it by one shot, six nine seventy. Yeah, he'll continue to find greens, which is why he's had he's had a you know considerable considerable success here. Do you know what, Tom? You I think you're having a flying week. I really hope you get the winner because I think you've I, no. I think you've I think you've I think you've picked them out well. Yeah, but look. So I think official plays for me definitely are going to be Wacky Neiman and Mark Leishman from the top of the market. Very interested to see what Ryan Armour does and Joel Damon. I think Joel Damon I'll probably pick as well at ninety to one. Armour I might just have a go on on the exchange and see what I can get. Dylan Fratelli, Carl Stanley and Kyunghan Lee as outsiders on the exchange. What about yourself? Yep, Neiman, yep, absolutely. Norlander, you know that I'm on. I was on very early this morning. Carl Stanley we spoke about earlier and I think that, yeah, he's definitely definitely worth um, worth a go. Uh, not sure how to play him particularly. I mean, again, he's he's virtually 300 on the exchange. But he's the type of player that, that will get placed as, a, as opposed to a couple of the others, I think. That we've spoken about earlier. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do Neiman, Norlander, Stanley. Fratelli, I'm gonna have a proper look at. I've gone off Damon and I'm reasonably tempted about the double or treble that involves uh, Horsey Dietrich and Cantley maybe. I maybe leave out Cantley and do the other two. But yeah, they're 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 the plays, yeah. Well I mean if you want to go for the treble then when the airports open up and, and the holiday vacations are, are worth going to then you can have a, a week off. Especially off the podcast, I'll give you the week off. Jeez. Not paid, but I'll give you the week. Oh off. no, really? Not again. <laughs> but yeah, they're, 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 yeah, I think I think we we looking at very very similar players this week. Right, let's get on to the the official business of the week. We had your appalling cake choices last week. We promised Twitter that we would go to biscuits this week. 
Now, I think biscuits is a difficult subject. It's difficult. And I can't believe I'm having a serious conversation, yeah. especially at the end of a very serious podcast. But there's two sides to a biscuit. Mm. There's the dunking biscuit. Yeah, yeah. And there is the non-dunked biscuit. Yeah, you've also got the, the is it a biscuit or is it a bar? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so when yeah. I've just looked at a list of Britain's best loved biscuits, Kit Kats came up, and that's not a biscuit, is it? No, but it's, it, a chocolate, it's a chocolate bar. It's a wafer. Well, it's, interestingly, it's interestingly in, in, in some schools, you're not allowed to take chocolate in as a packed lunch, but you are allowed to take a wafer-covered chocolate. So you can take Kit Kats in. You but, take Jaffa Kats But the in. thing is, if you have one of those Kit Kats where, you know them lucky ones, where you think you've won the lottery, where they're all chocolate, yeah. but you have to leave that in your lunchbox because you're not actually allowed to eat that one. <laughs> now, Jaffa Cake's a cake, isn't it? How can that be a biscuit? It's a bloody cake. I know it's a cake. That's what I'm saying. Is it allowed in your lunchbox? Well, it's not allowed into conversation because cakes were last week. It's on the list of Britain's best loved biscuits. I don't really care. Right. <laughs> so my top three to dunk, okay, because I think they have to be separated, is a number one is a chocolate digestive. I think it's a dark, superb dark, biscuit dark to on milk. dunk. Dark on milk. Milk. Oh, you're so... Victoria, bloody sponge dark. again, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not old enough to like dark chocolate. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm coming around to dark chocolate, but milk still wins for me. I think a custard cream is worth dunking. I wouldn't eat one without dunking it. It's a completely different biscuit then. Mm. And I just like a plain digestive as well. We're talking about me liking Victoria sponges. I'm chocolate digestive, digestive, and custard cream to dunk. Now, a non-dunk biscuit is completely different altogether. Going back to chocolate, I like a chocolate hodnob. Again, milk chocolate. I don't even know if they do a dark chocolate version, but I don't care. Shortbread absolutely phenomenal terrible for the waistline terrible for everything but shortbreads are a fantastic biscuit you're going to tell me like some sort of coffee short, short, shortbread is the type of thing that you buy you know like your name's looked after your dog when you've gone away yeah yeah and you and go you to the gift Scottish shop you do you buy you buy always buy you buy fudge thank you from the isle of white and you buy a box of shortbread and on the back if you look at it it's never made in the place that you the, the photo is on the front no, it's always in scotland and you've never been to scotland Right. I didn't realise we were doing dunk and no dunk. I mean, I do think ginger ginger biscuits, whether they're ginger creams or they, they do come alive when you dunk them into, into your tea. Oh, a ginger nut and a ginger cream is a different biscuit when it's dunked. I don't really like biscuits without dunking them. Dark chocolate digestive. Oh, actually, actually, no. What's the other one? What, uh, not digestive. Dark chocolate. Uh, oh, I can't remember what they're bloody called. I've gone and I begins with them. Malted milk. Oh, God, so it's dark chocolate covered. <laughs> Hobnob, hobnobs. Dark chocolate hob. Does that start with an M? Yes, yeah, a silent M. Dark right. chocolate. It's a silent psychiatrist. It's a silent. It's a silent M. Right. So dark chocolate hobnob is is stunning. Uh, yeah, and and bourbon probably to be honest, if you want dunks. But I didn't think we were talking about dunking biscuits. So I'm just only going to give you the number one bit. Well, two of the number one biscuits that there are at the moment. Nature Valley biscuits are stunning. Oh, actually, Nature Valley do a chocolate and dark chocolate and. And, uh, that's not oats. a biscuit. That's a cereal bar. Well, it's a biscuit, isn't it? It's not a biscuit. Uh, okay. What? A, okay. You, All right. Okay. You have it for breakfast, don't you? No, I have it for lunch. I dunk it in. Anyway, in your, it's a cereal bar. It says right. It okay. Bucket. Best biscuit at the moment, I'm afraid, is the Fox's Original Classic. That is your best biscuit. You can bite the top off of it and leave the cream on the bottom bit, and then bite the chocolate all the way around. Because if you can't do that with a biscuit, it's not really a chocolate biscuit. And you could do. Do all... you like getting the family circle biscuits at Christmas? Mm, do, do you know what? There's a variety, isn't there? The fox, all the foxes, the Cadbury's ones that they bring out at Christmas are amazing because they have that 
circle one with a hole in it. Oh, it's just amazing. This is this. I don't know. I think the trouble is we've had three or four very serious weeks, and then we've decided to tie it off into confectionery. We might have to change the genre of the podcast. Yeah. We might actually get to the top of food and drink. Maybe we should swap it around. Oh, it's doing all right. They love it. They love it. You know, they, they've probably not got this far. They turn off before the end anyway. Yeah, I think you know the average consumption is probably something like thirty percent or something. They probably just scroll to the pics and have done with it. Talking but... about chocolate biscuits and, and tins of biscuits, maybe we should have talked about Justin Roses. I don't know. <laughs> what about his chances this week? We didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. He's got chance, now, he? twenty-two. One. Who cares? He'll be up there. He'll get fourth, won't he? I'll buy a packet of roses if he wins. There we go. There's our biscuits of choice. I think we're both in agreement that chocolate hobnobs are yeah, they're, they're, serious contenders. They're, they're serious contenders, yeah. Custard cream's a different biscuit altogether. If you if you have it undunked, I'd, I'd almost throw it back at you dry. And bourbons, I. You actually wrote this down, didn't you? <laughs> I, I kind of saw it as a. An old man's biscuit, a bourbon. Yeah, um, I'm an old man. Yeah, you are an old man, but I'm not. And but my partner likes bourbons, mm. and she's not a man. She's an old man. She's an old man. So so, so she uh, she's young and and a woman. So maybe bourbons are not just for old people. And and I can again if but you it, dunk it, I'll probably eat it. Do you do you dunk in coffee as well as tea? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, absolutely. And and tea's yeah. got to be a Sam tea, by the way. A Sam tea. Sam tea, yeah. Yeah. What's a Sam tea? Um, ASM. I don't. I literally have no idea what a Sam tea is. Okay, live a little. Talk, talk me through it. It's just it's got flavour. It's a leaf. Oh God, leaf. <laughs> it's a no, no. It's a leaf. It's a leaf. You still stick it in a bag, but it's oh. but it's a but it's a it's a different type of tea. It's a different type of tea leaf. Gives you a different flavour. You know, like you get oh. Darjeeling and you get whatevering. English breakfast. Tom, that's the only one I care about. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I don't want rosy you know or what? anything like that. I would, I, would, I would have guessed that. Right. On to next week? Yeah, on to next week. Okay. Right, well, it's been a pleasure as always. <laughs> I think at least you were closer to my line of thinking with biscuits as you were cake. And, and golfers this week, in fact. Yeah, in fact, you know, we're actually getting on well at the moment. Yeah. Which is, Sorry, folks. We, like. can't, we can't argue too much. No. Nah. Otherwise, I'll be looking for a new co-host. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. What would right. I do? What would I do without the money? Exactly. That's it. I'm making you rich. <laughs> Giving you all these picks anyway. Thank you, Tom. Good luck this week. Bye.